2: the safety position and looking this uh, this episode at the UFAs available, the Ravens' current safety situation, which is complex and got a little more interesting the last couple of days, um, and also the guys out there who are on the market who might be cut by their teams due to their current cap tightness. So we're going to go through a little bit of that. And the guy who's done all the work for this show, Connor Hartman. Connor, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you, Ken? great to have you back again these, are, these are all the work that goes into these uh, in terms of uh, data compiled from all the teams and all the OTC positions uh, this this being uh, a safety uh, today and a lot of players making a lot of money at the safety position but uh, it's still a little bit of an undervalued position big names keep coming up again and it seems like Tyron Matthew for the third time now is uh, is a name that's been tied to the Ravens
3: yeah, as an LSU fan, uh, I love Matthew. I mean, who, who didn't? Who doesn't love the the highlights from these college days of the Honey Badger? And
2: he's been pretty good in the NFL too. Yeah, not bad, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> Ravens, Ravens gave him a little reminder in the in the uh, game they faced him early in the season, uh, where he he had one pick. He might have even had two picks in the game, but he but he came close to a, a, a one more pick, whether it was the second or the third. Uh, in the end zone, that would have would have put the Ravens away in that game. Uh, let's talk about the Ravens' current situation at safety, though. And we like to start off with this: uh, Chuck Clark, the the leader of the defense and the Green Dot. Where I, I don't expect any changes with that for the next couple of years. The Ravens seem set on keeping the Green Dot there. I think that there was some manufactured surprise that uh, you know an, an inside linebacker didn't get the dot back, given the Ravens' history of keeping the dot there, but um the current set of inside linebackers there's not a guy who's the three down backer that you you really want to commit to on the field
3: i think with clarks uh i always go back to uh one of these guys that you know his he's not the best lore in baltimore and that's earl thomas mm-hmm. i think the one of the early quotes of earl thomas when the ravens signed him to that big yep. contract was uh why did you bring me here? When uh, referencing back to Chuck Clark and uh, that that quote really stands the test of time.
2: Yeah, it stood the test of time. And it was interesting that the very next season after Thomas had made that quote, that it was Clark who called him out <laughs> for being a slacker uh, and uh, effectively ushered him out the door. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was a, a pretty easy transition, frankly, to to. To get him out of there. Now Clark already had the green dot at that point, and he, he had a great 2019 season. But uh, that was a that was an interesting turn of events, to say the least. Uh, Clark, you know, of, of the guys at is the one guy the Ravens can really depend on back there. Uh, Elliott's had injury problems, and uh, there's a question. I, I think it's possible he'll return to the Ravens. I don't think there's a huge market for Deshaun Elliott. There certainly are a lot of safeties out there on the market. And unfortunately, a lot of guys who've been healthier for a higher percentage of their career to date.
3: Yeah, I think the big question, right, with this Ravens safety group in general is because there hasn't really been a whole lot of turnover in this group year over year. Really, the only guy now that, you know, the big news that just came out that Tony Jefferson is being re-signed, the only guy who's leaving is Elliott, right? And he very well could be back. Oh, and and sorry, Levine as well. Um but ultimately, you know, because of that, the uh, a lot of the fans are clamoring for the Ravens to get better at this group and mm-hmm. to have a true rangy free safety that is very much like the glory days of the Ravens defense and uh, Ed Reed.
2: Yeah, and it's uh, not... Unlegitimate problem. Uh, Clark has been better playing either downhill or robber, either one. He's really good playing as a dime back in 2019, which for those of you, a lot of people listen to the show all the time. They know exactly where the dime back plays, but other people may be new to it or don't completely understand. The dime back replaces the weak side linebacker. So the normal 3 4 second inside linebacker, other than the Mike, who typically plays on the weak side of the formation, meaning the side without a tight end. That guy um, is, in obvious passing situations, is usually a safety uh, for the Ravens and and is the dimeback he's known as. So Clark would move down and play that dimeback role, whereas if the Ravens are in cover two – on an earlier down, he, he would play on the back end. Um, but uh, Clark, we saw him be effective towards the end of the year as a robber, a guy who came into the box, uh, made plays on the football, had a pretty good idea where the football was going. And, and uh, you know, maybe that's a spot where he expands and becomes more of an interception threat. The Ravens certainly need one. But it's kind of like Marlon Humphrey's situation that they have almost end up playing Clark out of position out of need. Because they don't really have a guy who's an obvious back end guy, um, you know they they've been you know using Elliott and him interchangeably, and I'm you know a, a big proponent of having one free safety and one guy who's a who's a downhill robber dimeback dime back kind of guy. Uh, you know, some people, old old schooly terms, would call it a box safety, but a guy who who plays closer to the line of scrimmage and plays more downhill.
3: Yeah, I think what real really with this group, and I'm going to just touch on. Them, the other guys in the Ravens room is ultimately what do the Ravens see in their young group of safeties. And a lot of those safeties could play the rangy free safety. I mean, you have Brandon Stevens who while didn't play the best back there, he's a very raw prospect coming out. I I think he's only played in the secondary for a few years in college, starting at running back. Mm -hmm. And Geno Stone is another guy, seventh round draft pick. So you don't exactly want those type of guys to be the starters, but if they're good, I mean, why not? Clark is a
2: six. Elliott's a six. Every great dime back in Ravens history has been a six or lower. So I I, I don't have a problem with it.
3: Yeah. I mean, if if the Ravens truly feel like between the group of our Darius Washington, Geno Stone and Brandon Stevens, one of those guys will step up and really take over the reins in that free safety group, then that'd be awesome because all of them have had some level of experience in that free safety group. And this is really the problem that the Ravens wish they had on the defensive line is there's just a lot of young talent in the Ravens secondary group. And I think that Stone, Washington, and Stevens are all under contract for at least two more seasons.
2: Stone Washington for three, Stevens for three. Yep, Stone for two. Yeah, that's that's exciting. Um, uh, And 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 you're right. You want to be in that position where you're where you're having to sort through good young talent, as opposed to uh, you know being stuck with some specific older guys and having to hope that they work out. Um, Obviously, that's not what the Ravens want. Even at cornerback, um, you know, a position we've talked about. is is not one where the Ravens can claim any real youth, and they're going to have to address that very very shortly as well with uh, Humphrey and Peters and Tavon Young and Jimmy Smith all uh, you know aging um, in the group. So they'll, they'll need to they'll need to figure out how to get younger there. Uh, I think that the, the Tony Jefferson signing to me is really interesting. Uh, a guy thirty years old, so he doesn't represent the youth side of this argument in any way or of this of this position group anyway. But a guy who, who you know, probably will come back and be the special team's leader or one of them. Could be L.J. Ford becomes the special team's captain, but it could also be Jefferson. Jefferson certainly has that kind of background. More importantly, Jefferson is a guy who gives the team five deep in the safety room, even if they do not re-sign Elliott, which would give them the opportunity to have a five to make four unit so that they can play four safeties in some alignment. So if they want to put the quarter alignment out there, seven DBs with four safeties and three, three corners, which is the Ravens typical way of doing it, then they can do that, have an extra, an extra guy on the bench, just in case somebody gets hurt, because that's a lot of positions covered to hope that nobody gets hurt during a game uh, or, or during the season, let alone the season. Uh, but it also gives the Ravens the most important thing that I think they want on defense, which is to get their inside linebackers off the field on passing situations because those guys have hurt the team tremendously. And Jefferson was a revelation coming back his game, the particular game I think he had the, against Cincinnati uh, where the, the whole team was generally, you know, basically taking a trip to the bathroom, except for him.
3: Yeah. I think Jefferson recently came out and had a quote um, that this kind of, Talking about his journey back to, you know, being healthy in the NFL, Um, similar to Eric Weddle. And he was kind of saying that he was watching more tape than he has in his entire career when he was kind of rehabbing his injury at home. And clearly it showed. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, Jefferson is really a good story for the Ravens fandom and locker room. In general, he's always been a really good personality for the team. He's always been a great recruiter for the team. Always, you know, just really, really one of those, you know, built like a raven, plays like a raven type of guys. So it was, it was sad when the Ravens ultimately had to cut him out of this big contract. But hey, hopefully, he's still young enough um, for a safety position at least to have a extended career as long as he doesn't have any more crazy injuries.
2: Right. Well, I I think at this point, we hope that he's one of the Raven lifers going forward, probably will have a vet men deal and a kind of a limited role. One that's on special teams and one that involves, you know, I think you hope he plays only 150 snaps on defense. If you're the if you're the Ravens, if he plays more than that, means somebody got hurt. And uh, or somebody didn't perform. That's that could be worse than 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 somebody getting hurt. But if he ends up playing 500 snaps, it's not impossible that that that, that could happen. Uh, it's just not exactly what I think the Ravens would like to have happen because it means a lot of other bad news.
3: Yeah, I, I think that Jefferson coming back is really just an awesome deal for Baltimore, and and he's one of those players that I think plays better in Baltimore than he would with another team. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, McPhee has been one of those guys the last yep. few seasons. Bynes has been one of those guys last – or two out of the last three seasons. He had a year that he wasn't with the Ravens, and that was a bit of a down year for him, I, th- I mm-hmm. believe, when he was in Cincinnati. But really, it's it's good to have these depth guys, right? They he We know that he could play really good special teams. We know that he plays pretty reasonable um, as a safety if – And if he can play what he did when he was the starter, I think he was a starter um, besides Weddle um, Mm -hmm. when he was playing. And then the Ravens can get a lot of good out of him. The only issue is I believe he played um, box
2: similar. He's a a strong safety. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So he's a strong safety and it's the same problem that the Ravens have been, you know, Ravens fans have been talking about with Clark and Elliot is, you know, it's, same problem that you are going to have with Clark and Jefferson if Jefferson ends up winning that starting job from Clark. Or no, 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 I am talking about next to Clark, next to Clark. Yeah, if yeah. he wins it from Stevens or Stone or uh, or Washington, who
2: it would so. be, an, it'd be a really. I, I I don't want to use the term reflexively, but that would kind of be a disaster for the Ravens. It would mean they did not find their free safety. It would mean they have to force Clark into that role, which. You know, we talked about a little bit, you know, Clark is just better if he can play some downhill, robber, be close to the line of scrimmage, add run defense. And, of course, if if Jefferson overlaps those characteristics, and he does, although he has probably less of the back-end skills, certainly has less of the back-end skills, um, you know, you, you just – you would not want to be put in a position where Jefferson is a is your guy close to the line of scrimmage. I guess there would be one value in it is is he'd be less likely – he Clark would be less likely to get hurt in such a situation. Jefferson came to the Ravens. One of the big things he had was run defense, great run fit player really knows where he's supposed to be uh, very productive tackler in his last year with Arizona when he was there uh, you know, we see we see it again. Yeah, I think he had nine tackles and led the team in that Cincinnati game. So uh, you know, there's reason to believe he could do a lot of the things you want out of a out of a downhill safety or a guy who comes in and dime. But uh, you know, I think the ideal situation would be if he comes in in your quarter situation, and maybe he becomes the regular dime back. I'm not going to say that can't happen, but but it, it, that that. He comes in mostly when you want seven DBs on the field, and if you decide that's your regular passing down defense, hey, I'm all for it. I'm, if if they want to do 120 snaps of that on the year, I'm all for that. And and if he plays dimes some, I'm all for that too as well. But I I don't I think it would be a very bad thing for the Ravens if Tony Jefferson ended up playing 500 snaps.
3: Um, do you remember who ended up being the uh, safety opposite of Clark when Clark? I think he Clark had. Two really excellent games on the back half of the season last year. I, well, G- was it Gina was it Stone, Stevens? Was
2: it? Stone? Stone was in there? Okay, so they did something, and I'll tell you why I know this. They did something that I absolutely hate as an analyst because we record these the players on every play, and if you watch the broadcast video, the ghosts of the broadcast video are the safeties. You don't see them every play; they can be off screen, and it's annoying as hell. If a team is is switching safeties play by play, but the Ravens did some of that this last year, taking Stevens off the field on a down by down basis, something they hadn't done since 2014 uh, under p's in terms of that annoying characteristic that makes teams hard uh, games hard to score. What it means is you have to go back and look at the all 22 and correct your score sheet from <laughs> from the previous time. But it's uh, uh, I can tell you it's one of the really difficult things that, that that they do. But anyway, they they played some of both Stevens and. Um, and Stone on the back end, Stone in, in more obvious passing situations.
3: Man, that seems to be a, a pretty um, regular thing with Stevens, right? Wasn't he ch- switching positions on a down to down basis yes. when he? When he played, I think it was at SMU. SMU, yeah.
2: He's, he was yeah. he, very hard to find. And I, I, other people have heard this because I've said it probably five times on the show by now. But he had these bright red shoes he would wear. And that was how you had to find him because their jerseys aren't particularly readable either. So it's, you had to find him from these shoes. And uh, uh, it was pretty fun. Yeah. So, uh, Yeah. So let's see. What else do we want to talk about in this um, on this vein? It's you're 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 exactly hitting on, though. The problem is that the Ravens really need to find that free safety, that one guy who can solidify the back end. And this the the idea of having this versatility is just reducing the value of several players. Uh, You know, you're first of all, you don't have a guy who plays free safety at the top level to play in single high situations. Uh, but you also, you know, you're you're not really getting the best interception capabilities out of a player like Clark, who has good robber capability, good eyes for the football, good ability to float to the proper point in space. Uh, but if, if he's on the back end and single high, you're you're losing a lot of that, uh, frankly. With with uh, with Chuck,
3: yeah. And um, I'm just gonna like throw maybe an analogy that I've never heard in my life out there before, but. Um... You know the the Ravens right now they have a lot of Swiss Army knives right but they yep. can't cut their steak they yep. they need that steak knife back there.
2: That's good. That's good. Let's go with that. So multiple Swiss too many Swiss Army knives not enough steak knives. Yep. That's good. All right. I won't I won't forget it. That that makes it a good analogy right there. <laughs> cool. A good metaphor. Yeah. Right? I
3: mean the the thing with it is right. Ardarius Washington, Brandon Stevens, both of those guys right. That we talked about it a little bit on our corner show that they can play some slot, right? They have the slot versatility, which is going to help a lot for, you know, the roster cut down day and, you know, near August. But is that going to help for the problem that we have with the free safety itself? Maybe, maybe not.
2: Okay. So let's look to the market now and maybe we focus on the free safeties in terms of who the Ravens might be looking at. Cause I really don't believe the Ravens are going to go pick up a guy who is a he can be versatile as hell, be all over the field, and go to the line of scrimmage. Unless that guy is a free safety by trade. If he's Ed Reed, well, that's fine. You know, you can, then he'll occasionally crawl down the line of scrimmage and cause a turnover there instead. But uh, but you, you you really want a guy who's very comfortable in that single high roll, reads reads well, makes reads well, and then also plays those reads quickly because it's a it's a position like goalie on a penalty shot where you have to you have to often make your decision very early and i'm talking about soccer now as opposed to hockey but you have to make your decision early because you can't cover the entire net and you just got to be willing to be wrong sometimes and you know it's it's a difficult position certainly to uh uh you know to find real talent at but who do you like
3: Yeah. So there was a podcast recently, um, and in the Ravens world, right. That had a few, a few of the local Ravens guys on it. I I think they, they went and did like a mock of the Ravens off season. Mm -hmm. And this was a guy that they brought up and I'm sorry for, if I don't remember the name of the podcast right now. Um, but they talked a little bit about Justin Reed, right. Mm -hmm. Of the Houston Texans. Who's, one of these young guys, I think he's gonna be twenty-five in the course of the year. He had a bit of a down year. I think he kind of got on Coley's bad side or something along those lines and got a bit of a snap reduction. But ultimately, right, he plays free safety and he has a lot of connections in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I mean right now, Baltimore has his ex-head coach right, or ex-interim head coach slash defensive coordinator. And um, is it Anthony Walker, right? Yep. Yep. And he's right now, I think, assistant head coach, um, defensive line coach, which you know doesn't really have a lot of bearing on Reed. But they also have Deonton Lynn, who was, I believe, Reed's secondary coach um, on the staff. So he has a lot of connections to Baltimore. He's young. He hasn't exactly played, as I said, the best last year, but he had a few really good years in Houston, and he's young enough to really take over that role and, I think, thrive in Baltimore. So, And if the Ravens ultimately sign him, that shows a really good character assessment by from the guys that the Ravens currently have on the defensive staff.
2: Yeah, I, I, that would be good. Um, and, and Anthony Weaver obviously will know uh, some things there, but uh, exciting uh, that that's a, that's an exciting possibility in terms of age. They also signed uh, Jefferson at age 25. And and that was one of the big things they had is they wanted an ascending player. And they already knew about some of his weaknesses on the back end in terms of, of being in the right spot. And we, hey, people need to flash back on Jefferson because he's beloved in this town. No doubt about it. A beloved Twitter presence among other things. But in 2019, in that second week of the season against Arizona He kind of fell on his face for a little bit. There's a lot of trips to the bathroom by players in the There's a lot of week-to-week variation. Players aren't great every week, even if they're great overall. But Tony Jefferson really had a bad game against Arizona and a lot of 10 personnel in that game. Uh, A lot of not being in the right place uh, generally in the secondary and him in particular in terms of uh, allowing Larry Fitzgerald to run free. People, if they if they think back to that game and realize just how close it was to being the you know the Ravens being one and three to start that season, uh, it was it was it was kind of a scary scary game for the Ravens. They finally they did get things straightened out. Maybe it was even the best thing for them that they had three really bad defensive games in a row. And they, and they got their defense settled out. But Tony Jefferson, a guy uh, that, that came to the Ravens, certainly with, uh, with the idea that he was going to be an ascending player and be a better back-end player than he ended up being. And I think that the, the things that he brings you now are things the Ravens can really use that they don't have in their linebackers. But Tony Jefferson is really more of a linebacker than he is a safety. Now, that doesn't mean that these 25-year-old safeties all need to be branded with the same you know letter. <laughs> because Jesse Bates is a hell of a ball hawk and Darren Reed could be. Uh, so let's see how that works out.
3: Yeah, Justin. Yeah, Justin Reed. But Justin, yeah, Reed, sorry. That's all good. I, I think I got Weaver's name wrong for a little bit too. So it's uh, one for one. But yeah, I mean, kind of what you were saying though is safety is one of those positions where it's really a lot of technique based and less with this youth like athleticism because that's really. You know, if if you're young, athletic, it's you're oftentimes going to be playing at the corner position, even which um, you know happens sometimes. Corners then ultimately transfer to becoming safeties late in their career. I know a lot of fans were clamoring for that with Jimmy Smith mm-hmm. uh, last season. But so with like somebody like Reed being 25, even if he had a down year, that really just means that. The Ravens coaching staff can build him up more and more, build him on that technique. And he has that athleticism to be a really great safety back there.
2: It, it definitely would be a gamble in in his case. He hasn't really played at a level that's deserving a high contract. So, so he's the kind of guy who uh, probably won't make top money. Uh, the youth is the big thing going on, on his side. If you look at another one of the, the young players is a guy, the Ravens just had J Ron Kurse. Uh He's he's really more of a strong safety than a free safety. It's six four two fifteen, So he's, he's a mammoth guy for a safety, certainly. Uh, but they had him uh, just as early as 2000, as recently as 2020. In fact, for a while, I was confusing him with Chris Westry as a guy that they, they, they're both six, four and, you know, they're both, you know, kind of, big rangy looking guys who are much too large for their position. Uh, but, but curse uh, really had a great year for Dallas this last year.
3: Oh yeah. He had a great, great season and he played like over a thousand snaps there. I mean, he, he's going to get paid. He's yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Dallas is probably going to pay him even though they have you no know, bad cap situation. Ultimately they'll, they'll probably find a way to make it work. I mean, that's just the kind of team Dallas is right. they, they usually don't give up on their players too quick. I mean, Randy Gregory has been a guy who has been in the league for a really long time. And like the last couple of years is when he really came on strong. Mm-hmm. Just, and that's just kind of the type of mentality Dallas has. I mean, Garrett, but it, it bites him in the butt sometimes with uh, Jason Garrett, probably should have left them a little bit earlier than he did.
2: Pick, pick me a free safety. You think makes sense for the Ravens that, that, is a guy that could stick on the back end and, have, have, and be their single high guy.
3: Well, we got, let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room, right? Let's, let's talk a little bit more about Tyron Matthew. Cause that's, that's the guy that all the Ravens fans are talking about right now. He's the guy who's generating, you know, other than Zadarius Smith, he's generating all the eyeball emojis mm-hmm. and everything like that. And you know just about everybody on Ravens Twitter is clamoring for the Ravens to sign Tyron Matthew to some sixteen million dollar contract. Do you, would you think that would be a good idea, Ken? I, I, it,
2: there's an awful lot of similarities between Tyron Matthew and and Earl Thomas at this point. Now Tyron Matthew's coming off a year where he wasn't hurt. That's the big deal. But they're both thirty. And so, you know, you're, you're buying years from 30 to 34, 30 to 33. Let me just make sure about Tyron Matthews' age here to make sure I have it correct. But I think that's correct that uh, he's, uh, there he is. Okay, so Tyron Matthew will be 30 in May. So you'd be buying years from 30 to 33 if you sign him to a four-year deal. And I think that's exactly what they did with Earl Thomas, if I recall correctly. It's always very risky to do something like that. Uh, they, just, they just got through a period where they got away with it with Calais Campbell with a two-year deal. Uh, and they're also in the process of not getting away with it with Derek Wolfe, it would appear. So we're gonna we're gonna see how that works out. It's a this is a, a really big contract too. It's not like Derek Wolf where the, the wager is a lot smaller. You know, if Tyler Matthews is gonna hold a significant amount of the cap if they do it. I I would honestly rather this is a you know, probably a, a very extreme eighty percent of the player at twenty percent of the price and, and get Geno Stone, and maybe it's sixty percent of the player at twenty percent of the price. But the the twenty percent of the price is what's really attractive about it, and the possible ascension of a player like Stone.
3: Yeah, and the issue with Matthew is, and obviously I I love Tyron Matthew. I think that he's an excellent, excellent player, but he hasn't been you know completely beside the injury bug for his career. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's had a few injuries over the course of his career, and wh- exactly what you're saying is he's a while, well, he's still fairly young and still has a lot of years you know, potential on his contract. It's really risky to sign a guy that's already 30 to a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if the Ravens want to go all in, if, if that's really what they want to do, yeah, sure. He fits that mold of an all in guy who's played really well back there. Absolute ball Hawk. He fits exactly what the Ravens want in, in the role of that, You know, rangy free safety. But is that where the Ravens want to push all their chips?
2: That's really the question. And and is he the guy? I mean, I I would say the, the guy I would counter with is Jesse Bates, who probably didn't have as good a year in 2021, but is five years younger. And and he's been a terrific ball hawk. I mean, Matthew has – how many interceptions does he have? So Matthew has six fumble recoveries in his career and 26 interceptions. And Jesse Bates in a lot fewer games. Uh, let me just give you the, the stats here. Now they've also been more turnover-based base, in Cincinnati. Jesse Bates in four seasons has had 10 interceptions – and recovered two fumbles. He's, he's actually cut down a little bit on his interception rate uh, recently, but uh, but been a ball hawk. I've uh, been a second team All Pro, and and he's only missed one game. Oh, sorry, two games in a four year career. Both of them last year. And here is the big thing: he is twenty five years old today.
3: Oh, so, happy birthday, Jesse yeah, Bates!
2: And it would be we're we're recording this on February twenty sixth, by the way. So this will this will be out sometime in the next week. Um, it's, it's, I think, you know, age alone would probably have me leaning to Bates over Matthew. And then I think there's also going to be a pretty significant difference in price between those two.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, they're probably both going to be in that, that really expensive range, that 15 plus million dollar deal. And yeah, I, I love Jesse Bates, too. I, th- I think he could be an excellent, excellent player in Baltimore, right? You're taking away a great player from a division rival. But I don't think that Bates is going to get out from the franchise tag. I, right. I really just think that the Bengals are going to tag him. And it's all that hope is it's just going to be gone immediately, which is sad because Bates is a great player. But that that happens this time of year and uh that's something that's really probably not going to change anytime soon
2: right i w- i would agree i think it's it's unlikely he leaves cincinnati their cap situation would tell you they're they'd be fine with a uh uh with a franchise tag player and then that gives them of course time to get the a long-term deal worked out with him and they, and yeah, I, I imagine they probably will
3: i'll counter with another guy um too right and he's you know, a year younger than Tyron Matthew is uh, Marcus May with the, uh, the Jets. I think May, the May case is a little bit different than the Bates case, right? Marcus May had a really excellent 2020 season, very similar to Bates, had a down year in 2021, pretty similar to Bates. The only issue with May versus Bates is that it appears that the New York Jets did something to irritate May last off season and he may want to be out of there also because it was kind of more publicized things like that and maybe may is looked at less in terms of the league than you know bates or uh tyron matthew you might be able to get marcus may for a couple million dollars cheaper a year than both of those guys and you know it's oftentimes it's it's hard to Put your bet on a guy, you know, like that, because really the where, where is like the distinction between a player that's outspoken and a player that is a problem in the locker room? And if, you know, the Ravens do their homework, they feel like may can be a really good guy for them, you know, play like a Raven, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I think that he could be a really good pickup.
2: I'm, I would have concerns about going for May because he's coming off a mid season Achilles injury. So I'd like to try and understand where he is in the rehab before doing something like that he could, I mean, uh, he, he's a reasonable choice in terms of, uh, you know, a, a, certainly a high quality safety. Um, I would be a little bit concerned about that. And you know he's he'll be 29 in a few days. On March 9th, he'll be 29. Okay. So he's uh, you mentioned that I think al- already. Um, a lot of birthdays coming up. With yeah. The, the uh, safety group. There, there you go. Um, I, I, I I I'd be okay. I uh, I'd, I'd want to get him at the right price. I wouldn't. I, I, he's not a guy that I'm like super excited about to be the. Ravens free safety of the future because I'm not sure how long of a future there is, or even if he'll be able to start the season. Honestly,
3: yeah, and and another guy too, right? Then this is going to be like the the ultimate like not sexy player for the Ravens to get and put back there, but I, I think that it, he could at least start a year or two um, if he ends up getting out of New England, and that's Devin McCourty. <laughs> we just we just talked about. Right, that players can play pretty old at the uh, the safety position. McCordy is thirty five. Uh, thirty five. Before the season
2: starts, yeah. Before the
3: season starts, right? And this would be one of those moves that would be pretty cheap, right? And you're not going to be signing McCourty to a big deal like these other guys. But if you want really high quality safety play for at least a couple years towards the tail end of their career. You could slot in McCourty and then have him develop some of the young guys on the Ravens roster.
2: I mean, that's, that's, you know, it's not un, impossible. He's, he's been an incredibly durable performer for all his seasons. I mean, he's, he's practically played every game, his entire career. uh I, At, you know, he's he's almost like a Calais Campbell type signing at age 35, a guy you you think even at that age can probably play, can can probably give you a full season. Um, I just I I don't if if the depending on what the price tag is, I really don't believe he's somebody the Ravens should be investing a lot in, especially when they they really have this offseason. The way I look at it, one big bet to make. And I'm, that's as they, assuming they get Peters back, you know, they've got, they've really got one big signing they can make. Other than that, it's, it's going to be the bargain bin. It's going to be guys who are value relative to, to cap cost and who don't cost a cop pick and and it's the Ravens way. And it's, it's, a, it, it has worked for them. Uh, so it's really hard to, to, you know, say that's not the way to go, but Devin McCourty just would be the antithesis of that, of, you know, picking up a, a free agent from a conference rival, uh, you know, probably having to compete for his services, at least with New England, I would think.
3: Well, ultimately that's, that's kind of what my, or my head was with McCourty is that he would be on like a much smaller deal than these other guys. He wouldn't be that, you know, that one smoking gun type player that the Ravens would and it would be more of like he would be brought in with tandem with other free agents, ultimately. OK,
2: who, it, what would be your price on McCourty that you're willing to pay then? Give me an AAV on a two year deal.
3: I would probably say two year, eight million would be like the most that I would
2: pay 8, McCourty. 8, eight million AAV or eight million? Uh, 8 million oh, total. Oh, OK. Right.
3: And, and he probably wouldn't take something like that. But you never know. I mean, he... New England right now is sitting in a really, really poor cap position. Um, at they're under, they're about exactly the same situation as the Ravens, but the Ravens have a lot more flexibility with some of these extensions and some of the cuts that they can make. So, if realistically, if the Patriots ultimately de- decide, hey, we're moving on from McCourty, and McCourty still wants to play in the NFL for a couple more years, why not do it for a fairly cheap deal in Baltimore? Not not anything more than you know four four or five million a year. though. So. okay, All
2: right. I mean that that could make sense. I, I it'd be interesting to see how the Ravens look at that. I mean they've they've uh, they've got some youth in the secondary, so it would I, I sorry at safety, so that might make sense from that perspective to have a an elder statesman like him come in, like similar to uh, what they did with Justin Houston last year. Though McCourty would be more expensive, I would assume.
3: And um, well, I'll, pro- I'll talk on a, another couple of guys that they're similarly, they're going to be more on the bottom end of the free agent market, but mm-hmm. um, could provide some really good depth, have, have given some quality starts. And I'll, I'll start there with uh, Malik Hooker. He, he was a guy who you know, was drafted very highly in you know, Indianapolis. He's still pretty young. At uh, 26 either, you know, I think going into the season. He's played reasonably well um, over the course of his career, not enough to you know get him a extension in Indianapolis due to his injuries, but if the Ravens can similarly get him on a pretty small deal, right? He played pretty well in Dallas this last season. Um, and he he had a reasonable amount of snaps, you know, about four hundred and fifty snaps the course of the year he could be a guy that they could bring in and play some good good football for them and um, have some potential upside for future dealings
2: i I know that Voss uh, from baltimore beatdown really liked him uh last year as a potential pickup for uh for the uh ravens Uh, you know a guy who been in the league a few years, certainly. Uh, he ended up playing this last year for for pretty close to the vet min, but there was a fair amount of it guaranteed. If you get him at the vet minimum, I I don't think I have any objection to it. I I don't know if he'll be quite that cheap. He's not uh, he's not that old, right? Meaning he's he's right around twenty six. Oh, Malik Cooker is only twenty six. Yeah, like he's Cook- been around forever.
3: No, no, he was. I think he was in the same draft class as Humphrey.
2: Okay. Yeah, then the Ravens may have missed their chance this last season then to to, to pick him up. But uh Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't argue with that. I'd be pretty happy if they picked up a guy that age.
3: Um Yeah, I mean I th- I think the injury scares, obviously, right? I, I think that the uh a lot of the Ravens fans in general are gonna be pretty worried if the Ravens go out and sign, you know, some guys that have been injured their whole career due to the nature of what happened last season but if the price is right for a player like this he has talent clearly and if you know he can rehab in baltimore if you know some of baltimore's new hirings on the uh the training staff you know pan out for the season and they can get a full season at a guy like hooker then and he's they only get him for like a know three million a year four million a year type of contracts and then he could even become a better pick in the future
2: it's it's possible i suppose uh, how many games did he played last year he played he played most of the season last year so and it looks like for dallas he's only playing about half the time so i'd be interested in seeing how exactly they used him whether they played him as some sort of a split or whether he got time due to injuries or whatnot but uh um uh, yeah I'd, I'd really want to understand what his usage was last year uh. yeah.
3: and uh, now one, one more guy i want to touch on too um some, kind of same situation he's, he's a little bit older though is anthony harris and he was a guy i think it was three years ago that he played really really well in minnesota and then he ended up having a down year after that i think he played really well good enough to be franchise tagged by minnesota and then on the franchise tag i believe had a drop in quality of play he may have been hurt and then he ultimately ended up signing a one-year deal in philadelphia he played reasonable um, for philadelphia and had about 800 snaps there too so he he's a guy who could slot in if Similarly, in that mid-range, he might be a little bit more expensive than a Hooker or like a McCordy type signing because you know he's still young enough to play for a little bit, and he hasn't had the same injury history as Hooker. But if they can get him on maybe like a five or six million dollar a year deal, I think that that would be a good pickup as well.
2: Yeah, he's even older than Matthew. He'll be thirty-one in October, so i don't i don't know if i'd take that risk he he was good in minnesota in 2019 since then he's had one interception in two years um i i it's not like he's really been a terrible coverage player or anything he's been okay um i i'd want to look at more tape of him specifically to really understand what he brings in terms of of how he plays his reads on the back end because that's what would have to determine it the Ravens don't need another strong safety he's played a lot of strong safety in his career Um, they need a guy who can really play free safety so it really comes down to can he play his reads on the back end he's not particularly fast by the way you know he's in the Geno Stone Ardarius Washington kind of speed level just just in the mid-level uh and and he, he just because of that, that doesn't mean he's not crafty. Because hey, he's he's crafted himself a pretty long career in the NFL and at a successful level. Uh, so he, so he might he might be you know the guy the Ravens would would be comfortable with on the back end. But I'd really want to watch more tape of him before I uh, you know bring in a thirty one year old guy to, to to play the position.
3: Well, ultimately, the biggest difference between like a Harris and a Matthew is a ten million dollar deal price or ten million dollar a year price tag. Yeah. I mean it's is if the Ravens are going to go for top market, yeah, go go for Matthew, go for if if hey, if they can get Marcus Williams or Jesse Bates and one of those guys by all means. Go ahead, go for that if that's the direction that they want to go in. Some of the guys that I just brought up were really those middle tier to low tier market guys Mm -hmm. that if the Ravens want to slot in a guy, if they don't feel comfortable with their current safety room, right. That these are all reasonable level players that could give them good starting snaps.
2: Yeah. That's, that's a really good point because you've got to look at the available free safeties as kind of an efficient frontier. So anybody who's low priced and young, sorry, anybody who's young, um, he's either not going to be good or he's going to be very pricey because everybody's got some sort of wart. And so there's an efficient frontier that you're gonna sign these players on. And you, know, you gotta decide what characteristic can you not live with? Can you live with not, uh, sorry, can you live with inexpensive because they've got other warts uh, in the 80-20 rule, or do you really need a pure back end guy? And do you have to find the, the, the guy who most fits that trait at a reasonable price? And I would kind of say if the Ravens are going to free agency right now to find a guy, he better be a better ball hawk than Geno Stone. I want that as kind of a starting position because Geno Stone has pretty decent ball hawking skills. And, and there better be a reason to believe, either from reads or speed or something, that, that he's going to give you more than Geno Stone does. Because if they, one of the things that they give up, and is a big cost of bringing in a free agent safety, like if they brought in Earl Thomas or they brought in Jesse Bates, let's say this year, is the Earl Thomas equivalent. Is it, that means you're really sitting Stone down, and you you probably will never find out what he is, or at least you won't find out until you're four at least, and uh, and then you'll lose him to, to free agency. So Stone has some upside uh, if they can figure out who he is now in year three and get him signed to a longer term deal, if that's if that's truly where he's headed. Or, you know, they've got him for two years and they can, they can drain the value they can from him, uh, hopefully still get a, you know some value as a comp pick out of the player. But I think, you know, they need to look at that efficient frontier and really decide where they want to they find a player. And Geno Stone needs to be plotted on that efficient frontier relative to these other free safety candidates.
3: Yeah, and I think that's a really good point with Stone. Ultimately, if the Ravens go out and they spend really big in this, you know, safety class, that effectively means that they're giving up on the idea of Geno stone being their starter in the future. Right? So if, if ultimately the Ravens look at stone as a guy that they think will be the next guy in that room, then by all means, go and sign one of these older guys for a year or two And develop Stone a little bit more, and then maybe sign Stone to a Bowser-esque contract, right, right at the end, tail end of his rookie deal, and then maybe they feel great about Stone, and he could maybe have a very similar contract to Clark, and he could play in the back end. I think really, if they're going to put their you know eggs in a basket here, the signing that I would be most excited about ultimately would probably be Justin Reed. And um, for exactly the reasons that I was talking about earlier, right, is while Reed, you know, maybe fell out of favor a little bit in Houston, the Ravens have a lot of the coaches from Houston to be able to evaluate the type of player that Reed is. So if they end up signing Reed for, let's just say, a $9 million deal contract and to be their starting free safety for next four years or so, that shows that, they have full comfort levels and his abilities as a player.
2: They should know. They should know who he is from from their own in-house staff. That's a that's a big ask. Um, it'd be it'd be a big splash if they if they made that play. At least they'd be going for a younger guy to uh, to do that. Uh, great stuff here. Connor, uh, outstanding! Your preparation on this is 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 really good to be able to go through this with you and talk about some of these some of these guys. I don't think are household names in Baltimore. It's uh, that, certainly true, and it's uh, um, so a it's a it's a great list you made. Thanks for doing it so organized and so uh, exhaustively in terms of of looking at each of these.
3: Oh, absolutely! And just one one quick thing. I know that we only talked about unrestricted free agents. Um, when you look at the potential cuts, there's basically nobody. Right. There's almost all these guys are going to stay on their teams. Um, that Micah
2: Hyde's not going to be cut.
3: Uh, I don't think Hyde's <laughs> going to be cut. I don't think Poyer's going to be cut. Von Bell, you know, Amani Hooker, right. None of those guys are going to get cut.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's they're all going to stay on their teams and uh, you know continue to play well.
2: You know, Taylor Rapp had been in some he's done some things on the field, I think, where he's gotten in in fights with his, his own teammates. Did he? I might, um, I might be wrong about this, but but he's done some things that have that have that have I I thought might have gotten him off the Rams. But he's a guy I like. I mean, they, they, when they, in the 2019 game, uh, he was one of the guys we we're, we're, were talking our way up to the game that I was really concerned about. Might be a guy who would who would have some impact on Jackson. And The Ravens, of course, blew him out. But uh, but I liked him a lot. And uh, if if he were available, he'd be an interesting guy to take a chance on.
3: I mean, he had uh, a lot of snaps in the last year, so I guess he didn't uh, do do all that bad with uh, irritating them. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, if, if they decide that's the avenue they want to go, they save the $2.5 million from cutting Taylor Rapp, all right, go ahead, come to Baltimore. He's uh, it's only going to be 24 this season. He's got a lot of uh, ascension ahead of him.
2: And sec- second-round pick, but and Rapp is not a – there's no way they cut him. I'm just looking at things so. here there's no way they cut him he's he's no. only gonna make a couple million this next year I, I, he doesn't even really belong on this list honestly I've seen the rams over cap maybe that would be a uh a, a risk but rap is not gonna be that, he's not the kind of guy, guy kind of guy they cut it's, I think that two point five more four million looks very similar to what uh powers will make this year so it's probably an escalated contract somehow based yeah, on his play time.
3: There's a lot of those type of guys on this list that yeah. really I just not don't really see much of a reason to talk about. Right? They can save like a couple million for the team if they cut them, but ultimately it's not going to happen. Like you know, unless they've really fallen out of favor with the team, the or the team's in a horrible cap position. The if if you know they have a free safety that's playing over a thousand snaps for them, they're not going to cut them.
2: Right. All right. Okay. Well, really appreciate doing this. We have to cut it off here. I'm sorry, Connor, but uh, a okay. great show as always. And, uh, and I, I don't know if we have one or more of these to do still because we're, we're hanging with the positions that the Ravens are most likely to address in free agency. We've done offensive line, defensive line, cornerback and safety. Now all those shows should be out there when you're listening to this. Uh, please go take a listen to them. If you want to talk football with Connor, where do they, where do they contact with you? you- oh, Ravens CPA on Twitter. All right. Outstanding. Uh, Connor, you're not doing any writing or podcasting your own yet, but we'll have you on as a guest when you want to. This is always great stuff. Other folks out there who who are interested in doing a show with me, uh, hit me up. I'm looking for fix the Ravens topics, but also looking for other off season topics. If you want to do a generalized Ravens short. Uh, DMs are open on Twitter. Always happy to talk football with, with people who want to talk football during the offseason. And uh, this is your time uh, during the season, much harder to get people on for shorts, even though we produce more shows per week. Uh, but during the offseason, it's fairly easy. And if you have a, a more extensive topic that might take one to two shows like Connor did with these lists, um, that's it's really worth doing. And this is a time I look to look to entertain those possibilities. Uh, Connor, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ken. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study.